0: Welcome to the Songwriter Connection Podcast, where we look at the craft of songwriting through the eyes of the songwriter. Each week, we make a connection with a music maker, listen to their songs, and hear their stories. From Nashville, Tennessee, here's your host, Dave Ledehan. Hey, how you doing? Thanks for the download. Appreciate the listen. I'm Dave, and uh, we've got another Dave as our guest today. <laughs> it's so funny, the uh, the beginning of Season uh, 1, the very first three episodes, we all had bills. It was the Bill Show. <laughs> (laughs) So today it's Dueling Dave's with you, and we're glad to have you with us. Before I introduce our guest, though, I want to talk about our local sponsor here in Nashville. It's Mark Allen Barnett Songwriter Tours. My buddy Mark Allen Barnett can, can up your game in like three to five years in just one day. And these tours are amazing. If you're coming into Nashville and you're a songwriter well, there's not a better place uh, uh, to go uh, than to Mark Allen Barnett because he can take you around, introduce you to folks. And he he focuses on four big areas and creation of the song. So he's going to look at what you're writing. He'll write with you. Uh, Presentation of the song. So, And this is one of the things that Mark really helped me. I was a radio guy for years, so I was not used to playing in front of people just behind a microphone. So he really helped me there uh, in playing in front of people. So he'll work on that. And there's also a music, the business is a, a business of networking and we've talked before about it's not who you know it's who knows you so to help you get known a little bit take you around and he'll teach you about the business it is a business i'm sorry to say but it is a business so these are some of the things mark allen barnett can help you with a, the greatest uh, t- teacher mentor uh he's a producer a songwriter uh and uh, just an all-around great guy you can check him out at mark and i want to tell you it's m-a-r-c-dash Allen A L A N, and Barnett is B-A-R-N-E-T-T-E. Mark Allen Barnett.com. Thank you, Mark, uh, for sponsoring us here in season three. It is season three. This is episode eleven already. Uh, and we've got an awesome guest. Um, I got to meet this guy years ago in uh Cincinnati when I lived there. He used to come up uh and and help us out at uh N S A I, the Nashville Songwriters Association, as one of the coordinators, and he put on workshops for us. He played in a couple of our our festivals that we put on up there. It's good to have Dave Gibson with us today. Hi, Dave.
1: Hi, uh, hey, Dave. How are you doing, buddy? I'm, I'm doing um, fantastic. Yeah. Um, I'm just thrilled here. to have you here. Yeah,
0: yeah. And just to tell you a little bit about Dave, an amazing songwriter. Certain songs for Alabama, Confederate Railroad, uh, Joe Diffie, one of my all-time favorite songs, uh, Montgomery Gentry, Tanya Tucker, uh, Steve Warner, his own group, the Gibson Miller Band, which we're going to talk about a little bit. They won an Academy of Country Music Award for yeah. the vocal duo... Uh, uh, and band uh, of the year back in 93 so it's good to have you here dave thank you
1: well thank you dave um i love what you're doing here I, i've listened to a couple of your podcasts and uh I appreciate uh, a bunch of my friends have been on them and, and uh yeah yes. i yeah. um, i appreciate you asking me to come
0: including kim well. mclean who said be sure to say hello to dave Gitche. that's right so, yeah yeah
1: Kent blazy and can't blazy yeah yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. John Barry, my buddy. Yeah, yep. John's a great guy. Yep,
0: yep. Uh, so um, I don't know where to, except we like to start with a song. So uh, how about uh, a song to start us yeah. off?
1: Well, uh, absolutely. It's kind of, uh, this is the song that uh, I usually start with when we, we play this place called The Local. And it's a great place. If you're coming to Nashville, you got to come to the local because it's the coolest bar mm-hmm. with the best songwriters. It really is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just the the place to be and great food. And uh, give my buddy a plug, Mr. Jeff over there. <laughs> owns We've been playing at the local, me and my buddy Greg Crow, uh, who I wrote a hit song with, I'll play in a minute. But we've been there uh, almost three years. It'd be, yeah, uh, I guess three years, something like in June. Every Monday night, yeah, we start every Monday night, right. and um, we just uh, we get down. We have we have a ball, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and uh, I always start with this song. Oh, by the way, is uh, Bernie Nelson here? Uh, you see him? <laughs> Did you see him
0: today? No. Okay,
1: good, because <laughs> uh, I wrote this by myself. <laughs> I want to thank Danny Shirley and the Confederate Railroad Band for cutting this song and making it big number one and also the most requested song they ever had. Uh, it's so, a great song. <clears throat> we were poor when I was a youngin' Can't remember us ever going hungry Danny made sure we didn't do without Went to school with some of these fellas had money and I was jealous Didn't know then But I know now Daddy said you can't judge a book But looking at the cover It's what's inside It really matters Cause Daddy never was The Cadillac kind He says some things That's glitter and shine Donald said love the one thing money couldn't buy that Daddy never was The Cadillac kind I left home right out of high school Got me a big car I thought I was real cool Cruising around the old neighbourhood See Danny at the church on Sunday. Said you would have to go riding with me Sunday. Just said no, I never understood. He asked me how about it, but told him on credit. Daddy just smiled. I'll never forget it. Cause daddy never was the kind of like kind. He said some things that glitter and shine. Taught us love. The one thing money couldn't buy, Daddy never was. The cattle and kind. Took a while, but now I'm grown. Settle down with kids of my own. The more I give them. Yeah, the more I give 'em. The more they want, Dave. Ain't that right? That yeah. <laughs> <Jack> goes. <laughs> Daddy left us last November. Can't remember him ever looking better. All laid out in his son at best. And sure, instead of all that attention, all he did wanted was a few words mentioned. The simple man simply laid to rest. As I drove him away my way in that big of like with a cheer in my head of life, cause daddy never was the cattle-like kind. You know what's said some things just glitter and shine. But just this one time I hope Daddy enjoyed the ride Cause daddy never was the cattle like kind. Never was the cattle kind. <laughs> now he likes Mercedes. <laughs> Rolls-Royces and Lamborghinis and Ferraris and stuff Bentley. like this. <laughs> Dave Gibson, our guest
0: on the Songwriter Connection podcast. Always loved that song. Oh, Danny thank Suley you, man. Back the railroad. It had such a cool twist at the end, you know. Yeah,
1: yeah. you know, Bernie, uh, when Bernie Nelson and I got together to write, he said, you want to write a song called Daddy Never Was a Cadillac Kind? And I said, Bernie, I can't do that. He said, what do you mean? I said, well, my daddy loved Cadillacs. <laughs> He ordered a new one every year, a Cadillac or a Buick, whichever one came in first. (laughs) And that's, I said, but I can write about my grandpa. He didn't care about that stuff, you know. Uh Nothing shiny for him. So that's what we did. I'm very, very proud of that song.
0: I always love the story stories behind the songs like that. uh, (laughs) That's pretty cool. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) you know that guitar sounds so amazing, Dave. It's a Guild, and it's just beautiful. That tobacco sunburst. Yeah, Um, little story behind that.
1: Uh, Yeah, there is. Uh, um, I was very, very lucky to get this guitar. Uh, um, there's a place in Nashville here called Carter's vintage instruments. Mm, one of the candy old, stores.
0: I love just yeah, going and looking. <laughs> yeah. Walter
1: Carter is one of my oldest friends. I mm, met him way back story. when I was first came to town. I was writing for the Oak Ridge boys company mm-hmm. and <clears throat> Walter and I had written some really good songs together, but he, he ended up uh, being a historian for Gibson guitars. And wow. And uh, so, uh, uh, he also worked for George Gruen, and he and his wife both. And um, that's
0: Gruen guitars, another candy store. Yeah, in town. Right, yeah, right. Yeah.
1: And so anyway, he decided to put in his own store. So they they, they put in Carter's vintage instruments, and I tell you, it's just mm. oh my god! You walk in there, and it's like oh, it's <laughs> it's, it's a plethora of incredible instruments you and know.
0: some famous ones. And, and <clears throat> yeah, uh,
1: well, you know, $5 I, dollar ones. And, yeah, I. Mm. I walked in there and I and I hadn't seen Walter in a long time. I hadn't seen his new store and and um, <clears throat> he says, "I'm busy right now. I'll see you in a minute." And <clears throat> so I, I'm looking around and I look over on the wall and I see this guitar hanging on the wall and I go over and pick it up. I always wanted a big body Guild, mm-hmm. uh, but I I didn't even know they had Sunburst, you know, tobacco Sunburst. And yes. I said, "Man, that that is a cool guitar." I took it down and started playing it. And I'm like, I can't put it down. It's the only thing I've ever, ever played when I walked in the only thing I really looked at. Uh. Walter comes over and he says, you like that guitar? I said, "Are you kidding me? This thing is awesome." I said, "There, this this is just very, very special." <clears throat> he said, well, so, "Well, why don't you buy it?" I said, "Well, I, Walter, I, I can't, I can't get it right now. I don't have the money to get this." And he said, "Well, that's all right. I'll put a sold sign on it." <laughs> and I'm like, "Walter, come on, man, you got to sell this thing." He said, I "Don't worry, don't worry about it. It's been here a few months, and oh, wow. and, and um, I just, you know, when you get the money, just let me know." Well, a couple weeks later down the road, I actually did get some money, and, and I went back in there and I said, I want that guitar, Walter. So he got it all set up for me there, and <clears throat> and he said, you, by the way, he said, you know who owned this guitar? And I said, I don't, I don't know, no idea. And he said, well, let me just show you a couple things. So he opened the case, and he he took out two handwritten lyrics one uh, for you to say nothing at all.
0: Oh, when you say nothing
1: <laughs> And the gambler. And I said, are oh, you got to be kidding me? This oh, is Don Schlitz's guitar? Uh, <laughs> I said, oh, my God. Unreal. <laughs> and, and, and he had a notarized letter there. Actually, what had happened, he, he decided to get rid of the guitar. Uh, I mean, to give it to Vince Gill mm. for a benefit and and so whoever bought it you know I, I obviously didn't you know they whatever they they brought it back in and and was going to sell it put it on consignment <clears throat> wow. so so uh he's got this notarized letter that said this was my main performing uh writing and uh recording guitar for 15 years <sighs> And had a picture of him playing at the Bluebird, you know. Oh, when yeah. You, when you, you can, it was uh, when you can see Don for a dollar. Yeah. You know, that deal that he used to do. And uh, <clears throat> so I said, oh, my God, man, I, I can't even believe this. This is... This is like getting on, and he said, "I think there's some still some hit songs." I this was just going to ask
0: you, was there the hit songs in that? guitar That's still.
1: what he said. Yeah. And by golly like, I've ri- I've written a bunch of them since I bought this guitar.
0: Oh, I can't uh, imagine all the great songs are written on that guitar. I'm telling you,
1: I, I don't know what they are, but I know one. There's there's a bunch of hits on that he wrote on this on this instrument. Wow! And uh, I saw him at the Bluebird one time, but he was getting all his stuff set. Up, I mean, uh, packed up. Uh-huh. And I said, "Hey, Don, check." Check this out, man. He said, "Oh, that guitar." He said, "I had to get rid of that thing. It's so heavy. I didn't want to carry it around no more. I got to get out of here." <laughs> but I got a picture of him and me together playing that
0: guitar. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's beautiful. I love the sound of it. And that's uh, like wow. the, that's what's called a jumbo, is it?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. Beautiful. It's the one of the most amazing guitars. Uh, I mean, it, it plays. Uh, unbelievable! It mm. really, it really does. You know, all the way up and down the neck, and and wow. it, the sound is inc- incredible.
0: It's gorgeous. Mm. Never played a Guild. It's beautiful. Yeah. Guild. That's what uh, the King George mm. Strait always played a Guild. In. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah.
1: I had a Guild when I was you know growing up, uh, or you know when I had my band in Chicago years ago. I had a <laughs> I had a uh, acoustic Guild, but not that not never the the big ones. You mm. know, the big jumbo, and I always wanted one. So I yeah. I, I, got, I got lucky.
0: Yeah, I really did. That's great. What a story. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you, Don. <laughs> Don Schlitz. If you're not familiar, Google him. <laughs> oh, 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 yeah. Amazing. Amazing. The gambler. Come on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's how, let's talk about how it started for you, Dave. You uh, you grew up in was it Odessa, Texas? I uh, actually yes.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I was born in Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Eldorado, Arkansas. In fact, I just wrote with this young girl, she's just so cool, cool. Uh-huh. I wrote with her today, and another buddy of mine, Trafton Harvey, and uh, <clears throat> her name is Mary Heather Hickman, and she's beautiful and just so talented, and I said, where are you from? And she said, I was born in Eldorado, Ark." I said, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> and we That's just, great. I mean, we had so much in common. It's so funny because she, her family moved to Dallas oh, okay. and my mom and dad got divorced when I was a kid. So she, my mom moved us out to Odessa,
0: wow.
1: uh, Texas. So we were Sparrow. both, you know, kind of like hybrids. Wow, <laughs> that's crazy! It's, it is crazy. It was like, and, and we wrote the uh, beginnings of a, a great new song for her. She's, oh, that's she great. is awesome! Yeah, and, you but, like working with
0: young talent like that,
1: don't you? I do. I'm, yeah. I just I love all the young kids that are doing their thing. You know, I, I uh, because that's people helped me and mm-hmm. mentored me, and, and um, when I uh, when I first. Uh, well, uh, I'll, I'll tell you what happened in, in a nutshell here about, about my life. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> my, uh, uh, my dad came back and remarried my mom uh, after 10 nice. years or so and took me and my sister uh, back to, um, to Elroy, Arkansas. And I and I ended up growing up there. Really, I mean, just becoming a man, and and uh, and then going off to college to the University of Arkansas. right <clears throat> your back, huh? Oh yeah, yeah. And we did pretty well. We got in the Sweet Sixteen. Uh, I didn't remember what happened. They lost to somebody, evidently. So I, I but I was so happy, you know. And the, the football team hasn't done so well since we got in the SEC. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I think in the last couple of years we've done better. <clears throat> but um yeah arkansas was it was where i grew up really you know uh playing football and running track and i was in the choir and and my dad uh though when we got back to arkansas he he uh he didn't want me to have a guitar he yeah. uh he told my mom I, I told her i wanted one for christmas the one in that sears catalog there mm-hmm. <laughs> with that electric guitar and the amp and stuff and i had the one in the amp and the case you know yeah and uh, my dad said no way he's not getting no guitar he's going to be, be an engineer you know <laughs> my dad didn't know, didn't know me we hardly knew each other at all you know Yeah. and um, he said I want you to get a sheepskin on the wall <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like uh Sheepkins. sheepskin what the hell is that <laughs> uh, well you yeah I think you know what it means yeah, don't? yeah it's a, a yeah, diploma it, yeah,
0: yeah, but, and agree.
1: they still do them on sheepskin some of the colleges do you know right. it's, it's kind of a real classy thing <laughs> much different
0: and, than pigskin <laughs> yeah, yeah
1: right <laughs> so so anyway, well uh much much to my dad's uh, uh chagrin, my mom bought me a guitar for christmas <laughs> and uh he came home one day he 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 was a hard working man he worked he was a pipeline foreman for this line oil company down in arkansas <clears throat> and he worked he worked hard and uh he just wanted the best for me and uh he didn't think that he he said it was you're not going to get an old guitar and be a minstrel and playing bars like that. And I'm Ooh. like, a minstrel. Mm. By the way, I'm writing a book called The Wealthy Minstrel. <laughs> ah, that's
0: cool. Yeah. Kind of an
1: autobiographical It is an autobiographical yeah. book of, of my life, you know. And uh, I, I love got that. that
0: kind of reading. I love to read biographs. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: People have been telling me, I say, man, you need to write a book. And so I, I started it. I'm not that far along with it, a couple chapters. But <clears throat> anyway, my, my dad... Came home one day, and my mom, uh, uh, I mean, I had the guitar out playing it. He came home early, and uh, we hid it under the bed, see, so he didn't know it was there. (laughs) (laughs) He comes home and hears me playing that guitar, and he says, I I told you not to buy that boy a guitar. (laughs) Then she said, you leave him alone. (laughs) 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 He he slammed the door and drove off, you know. But anyway, my dad, you know, we didn't see eye to eye on a lot of things, but he, he brought home one day a, a, a little Sony recording deck with a real, real deck, you know, yeah. with a little microphone and stuff. And, yeah. And one of the first ones they ever made, you know. And, um, and I had my band over at the house because I had a little trio that we'd put together in high school. And we were rehearsing in the house. And, and I didn't think my dad even knew we were there doing that, but he brought this, brought this thing in and he didn't know how to work it. He just, like, was... He could do anything. He could fix anything. He could build anything. He was but amazing. But he wasn't a
0: recording engineer.
1: Well, he just, like, he was trying to figure it out. And yeah. He, he always had this saying called, all this thing's all gemmed up. You know, <laughs> gemmed up. And so, he said, "One, we finally got it working. So, he... Yeah. he yeah. He says, why don't you boys get over there in the corner there and and play a little bit, you know, and get our voices on this thing. You know, that's why I bought this. You know, everybody can put their voices on it. You know, I think he said the word posterity, and I'm like, I didn't even know my dad knew that word. (laughs) You know, (laughs) like, that's a damn big word for you, Dad. But I have still got those tapes that we received. Do you really? I, I do. Wow. Yeah, I sure do. <laughs> and I, do you have a real to real player to play among? I do. Wow. Uh, but it's broken right now, and I'm going to get it all um, digitized. Great. All those things that yeah. you know, I'm, and they'll have them for my grandkids and, and and my kids. And that's awesome. I mean to tell you, yeah,
0: he, I got to do that. I've got all these old radio things on uh, yeah. on reels and interviews and things. And yeah, uh, and I'm just afraid someday that those tapes are going to disintegrate. I should I should get them switched over. So interesting. Oh yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely. <laughs> so. You know, my my dad, even though you know he didn't understand me, he, in the end he, he kind of figured it out you know yeah so that was his way of saying it's okay
0: yeah and i'm proud of you right yeah. yeah yeah that's great did he get to hear daddy was a
1: no you know my dad passed away in 65 we uh-huh. we only lived with him for five years he was i was a senior in high school and, mm. and he passed away that year and I'm he sorry. had a lot of congenital heart problems you know mm-hmm. and wow. uh, so anyway, I was I, I know he can hear me. Uh mm-hmm. you know, he's up there and he's saying, "Yeah, you are okay." Yeah, you are right. okay. Yeah, I got <laughs> you that first guitar. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <You're> right. <laughs> so from there you you spent some time in Chicago, right? What brought you there? Job what, or after college?
1: After college I wanted to I thought I wanted cuz I went to school to be a, a, as an artist. I I grew up got my degree in art painting, and, and arts. drawing? Well, arts and sciences. Arts yeah, cuz science, I had yeah. always done that all my life. You yeah. know, that was a love of mine <clears throat> besides music. Mm-hmm. And so I I went up there and um um I, I went to school for that and and then right out of college me and my girlfriend we we split and went to Chicago you know my <laughs> my, my mom and my aunt and everybody's like what is he going to Chicago for there's gangsters up there you know I was like <laughs> are you kidding me anyway <laughs> I, I went up there and, and i sort of i sort of grew up there you know i grew up in Chicago as a um you know uh, I taught school for three for three years what'd you teach well I was a substitute for a year and a half or so and then I had a class of what they called um EMH children which uh they're called educable mentally handicapped yeah. they don't call them that they anymore. don't anymore no that's special ed you
0: know my wife's a teacher too I don't know, oh, if you know okay Patty. yeah I got you yeah,
1: gotcha. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, yeah, I, and I did that, uh, and I and I I was an, I played I, I did some art jobs, you know, but I was making nothing, and they put me in the shipping room, you know, at the advertising agencies. I wanted to be on a board, you know, d- drawing, drawing and doing, you know, what yeah. I did, design and, and mm-hmm. <clears throat> illustration and everything. Well but i was playing music all the same the the whole time i was playing uh, i would know, go tunes. to the folk bars and play you know in the 70s cuz i moved to, moved up there in the summer of 69 and i didn't get to go to woodstock that year because uh, i was broke and <laughs> and, and, uh, <laughs> and I, I had to make some
0: money summer of love yeah, yeah. but
1: i was i was fortunate very fortunate to to be in the audience the night uh, at the Earl of Old Town in Chicago when John Prine and Steve Goodman got discovered. Oh my. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. They got found wow. by Paul Anka and Chris Christopherson. Amazing. What yeah. a story. That's it's, awesome! It's, am- it's amazing! It's like wow! A
0: lot of people don't realize that uh, you know, Steve Goodman, who wrote that song, oh yeah, uh, that David Allen Coe did, yeah, you know, perfect country and western song that Brian uh, really helped him with it. Yes, he never he, did. he, he did. never took credit. He said, "No, I sure
1: absolutely." That's your and, he yeah. did. Uh, yeah. That's good. I'm, cool. yeah. I'm glad you know that because most yeah. people don't.
0: Man, most people don't. Yeah, but, uh, but
1: Steve Goodman was playing a place called The Quiet Night, which mm-hmm. I had played before. You know, as a folk club back then, mm-hmm. and he and uh, Chris Christopherson and Paul wow. were. There to watch wow. him, and he says, "To the you greatest think I'm, songwriters I'm, ever." You, you know? think I'm good? You got to <laughs> see this other guy. Mm-hmm. And it was all after hours. It mm-hmm. all happened. We got wow. there, and um, they closed the doors, and it was like they got there. It was what a story! <laughs> it was unbelievable.
0: <laughs> wow, Yeah that's great. Yeah. can we hear another song and then uh,
1: take a little? <clears> bit, absolutely, but, uh, yeah. Awesome.
0: Dave Gibson is our guest uh, on the Songwriter <clears your throat> Connection podcast. Um, well. Field. Love that guitar.
1: You want to hear the story behind this one? Yeah, sure do. This is this is kind of this is this is a funny one. I was writing for Alabama's company. First, my first publishing deal was with the Oak Ridge Boys.
0: Was, that, and, was Jimbo working at the, Jimbo Hinton at the time? Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, that's where Jimbo and I, yeah. I met. And, and we actually wrote a hit yeah. you know, for Larry Boone called Don't Give Candy to a Stranger. Oh, wow. Larry and, and Jimbo and I wrote that. Wow. It was a top ten hit for Larry. And uh, Jimbo is my one of my best friends. Wow. No, I love Jimbo. We just I mean, recently lost Jimbo. and if you're not I know. Familiar, we've I know.
0: talked about him on the show in the past. Um, <laughs> just, what a great guy. Yeah.
1: What a great writer mm-hmm. and just a great human being, you know. <clears throat> but but anyway, I was writing at the Oakridge Boys Company, and, uh, and then uh, a year or so later, I I, I started writing at uh, at Maypop Music, which was Alabama's company. And I had this really nice office uh, there on uh, I think it was Nineteenth uh, Avenue, <clears throat> right across from the you know Virginia's Market, what they call the Murder market.
0: Oh yeah, I know right <laughs> what you're talking about. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, we won't go
0: into why call it's called that.
1: Yeah, <laughs> but. I had this really nice office on on the second floor, and um, uh, I was supposed to write with Teddy Gentry that day because he was coming in from uh, from Fort Payne. Uh, well, Teddy was late getting there, and um, I came up with this idea in my head and just like wrote that, wrote it down and it had a melody to go with it. <clears throat> and I'm like, well, you know, uh, Teddy's not here, so. I go next door to my buddy Ronnie Rogers. He's in his office. And, you know, Ronnie written Dixieland Delight and I don't know how many other humongous hits for Alabama. Mm. And so I played this idea for Ronnie. And I said, you you like this, Ronnie? You you think this is good? He said, I love that. Mm. And I said, well, why don't we write it and then we'll get Teddy involved when he gets here. Well, we wrote that song in about an hour and a half. (laughs) Teddy never got there until we were done. <laughs> uh,
0: <so laughs> he had, does he get a co-writer?
1: <laughs> his big white Mercedes had broken down on him for the, about the fifth time. <laughs> he gets there and he says, Boys, I can't even believe this. I am so pissed off. <laughs> that car broke. I'm selling that piece of crap. I ain't never having another one. Huh. So he says, What have y'all been working on? We playing this song. And he's like, Oh, my God. That's Alabama's next single. Wow. And we're like, wow. what in the hell is he talking about? There's no way in the world Alabama's ever going to cut a song in this country. And he says, no, you don't understand. The radio guys, programmers, and DJs, and everybody's saying that Alabama's not country. They're Southern rock, they're pop, they're whatever. And, and Randy was really pissed that they, they were saying this stuff and he told Teddy he says find me a, a country song and I'll show him who what a country singer can do yeah and so and he did <laughs> he <laughs> <laughs> teddy says go get a six pack over there in Virginia's market and we're we're going to celebrate and we're putting the song down go upstairs or you know right down the hall there and mm-hmm. uh that little studio we had yeah and we cut a little demo on it, it was you know just ronnie's singing it and just a couple of guitars and teddy races it down to fort Payne, okay oh, and and randy is at his house in the sauna <laughs> teddy, <laughs> teddy's there waiting on him when he gets out and, and randy says what in the hell are you doing here <laughs> I thought you were in Nashville writing. He says, yeah, that's a long story. Just forget it. I got a song. You need to hear this song. <laughs> <clears throat> he plays it for Randy. Randy's sitting there. And he doesn't say a word. doesn't say a freaking word. And, and uh, Teddy says, well, well, what do you think, man? <clears throat> and Randy says, well, you know, it ain't my favorite, but uh, I'd be a damn fool to turn a big hit song down. <laughs> <laughs> ain't
0: my favorite. <clears throat> <laughs>
1: and so, to make a long story short, I try shorter. Um, <laughs> they cut that song. It became uh, the first single or second single. First single, I believe, off that album they were doing. And it went to four weeks at number one. Four weeks. The at biggest one. song they ever had at radio. Wow. wow. And I have It is the gift that keeps on giving. Isn't it? It's I uh, bought me a house. It's, yeah, I mean, anyway, it ain't about the money, but sometimes it, it's, but it's about the money. <laughs> it, you know something? Thank you, Teddy Gentry, yes. for not getting there on time and being a third on that song. He always says it when he goes out and does a writer's thing. He says, yeah, if I'd have got there that, that earlier, I'd have been a third on it. <laughs> thank you, Teddy. That's a lot of money. I that
0: Mercedes you. cost him a lot of money. I appreciate
1: you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> well anyway I Let's hear it And, and I know it. you know this song folks Yes I do In the corner of my mind Stands a jukebox And it's playing all my favorite Memories yeah. One by one They take me back To the days when you were mine And I can't stop this dupe up in my mind Well, I don't need no quarters I don't need any dimes You filled it up forever When you said goodbye You know I love old melodies They were meant to ease the pain But the kind that's Playing on my mind Driving me insane And in the corner of my mind Stands a jukebox And it's playing on my favorite memories Yeah, one by one They take me back to the days When you were mine And I can't stop this jukebox in my mind
0: Oh, oh. Alright
1: We need Billy Bird here playing the guitar Ha <laughs> ha Alright You know I love old melodies They were meant to ease the pain But the kind that's playing on my mind are uh, Driving me insane. So here we go. And in the corner of my mind, help me, Dad, <laughs> stands a jukebox. Oh yeah. And it's playing on my favorite memories. Oh. Come on. It's song by song it take me back to the days when you were mine. And I can't stop this jukebox. I can't stop this
0: juke in my mind. Yes, Dave Gibson, number one four weeks for Alabama. And Dave's one of the uh, co (laughs) writers. So great song, great story behind it. Dave, got to take a break. Be right back. All right. Sick of being upsold at gyms? You're listening to the Songwriter Connection, connecting with music makers and hearing their songs and stories. Now back to the show with your host, Dave Linehan. And Dave Gibson, who's our guest this week. Dave, so good to have you here. Uh, what Thank a great you. story on the uh, uh, jukebox in my mind. Yeah, well, We were talking about your story. We last left you in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, what made the decision to, to come to Nashville?
1: <clears throat> well, um, a lot of, of things did. I, I, uh, uh, unfortunately, I, my wife and I split up, and my, I I knew that nothing was going to happen for me up there. I'd had, we were the number one band in Chicago. We played one place called Nashville North for four and a half years. Wow! What was that band called? Uh, Dave Gibson and Hackenbush. Damn, <laughs> Hackenbush. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, um, if I don't know if you know the name Hackenbush. No. Well, I didn't either. My drummer, he was. A real big Groucho Marx fan, and he uh. said, "You know, we should call this band Hackenbush." And I said, "What are you talking about?" He said, "Well, have you ever seen the movie Day at the Races with Groucho Marx and the veterinarian that he played? His his name was Doctor Hackenbush." Hackenbush. <laughs> And he said they even had a little song, Doctor Hackenbush, Bush, Doctor Hacken Anyway, <laughs> never
0: knew that. Wow. <laughs> well, never neither never. <laughs>
1: neither did I. So that's how that happened. Dave Gibson and Hackenbush. <laughs> um, but I we were the main band, and we used to back up everybody from Nashville every week. Was the owner liked to have the new artists right. come up, and we'd back them up. You know, uh, Dean Dillon came up, uh, Bobby Borchers came up, uh, wow. uh, <clears throat> Mac Vickery. Oh my God, Steve Mac. Warner. Yeah. Um we had an RCA showcase there. Um it, it just everybody, you know. <clears throat> uh, Merle Kilgore came up we Punk Back wow. him, little Jimmy, Jimmy Dickens came up with his band and
0: Amazing. and
1: I mean we always had uh, somebody there that was playing at at, at the place or we backed up. And so I played there uh and then I left and we played another call, another place called Spanky's on, on the south side of Chicago. And we were the house band for two and a half years. So uh, six and a half, seven years, I played the honky-tonks, cut my teeth in the honky-tonks. Gotcha. So it almost died there. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> Believe me, I, I up, that was my wilder days and uh, craziness. But I, I made it. And, I, and then in 1982, I decided to move to Nashville. I said, I'll never make it unless I move. And I'd been here, actually, in Nashville. It, I came in 71 really yeah i uh uh there had been that many years eleven years since i had been, i mean i i would come to Nashville every year just trying to pitch my songs and stuff <clears throat> and i in seventy one i had come for the nash uh first nash Nashville talent contest it was held at the Vanderbilt Fieldhouse. okay <clears throat> it might have been the first and last one <laughs> <laughs> i i don't know maybe they had it for a few more years but I came down, and I sang, and I I really, you know, I I didn't win, but I I think I came in second or something like that, and a lady comes up to me, and she says, "Uh, my husband is in the back here, and he wants to know if you wrote that song you just played, and I said, yes, ma'am, I did, and um, uh, she said, well, would you come back? He'd like to meet you. So I go back there and um, uh, meet this guy, and he says, uh, I really like that song you just played. uh, You you wrote that. I said, yeah, I did. And he said, you got any others? And I said, well, I got, yeah, I got a bunch of others. I just started writing, really, Mm -hmm. at that time. I didn't really have a bunch of others. I had a few, but I didn't have a bunch. (laughs) (laughs) And He says, well, uh, you know, I really like your voice. He said, I'd like to produce you. I didn't know who this guy was from Adam, and, mm. and he said, "I like only produce you like B.J. Thomas," and I'm like, "What did you just say?" <laughs> <laughs> B.J. Thomas, a wow. hero. Yeah. Oh my God! <laughs> I said, uh, "Uh, yeah, that sounds awesome." And he says, uh, <clears throat> "My name is Rob Galbraith." Rob. Galbraith. And I don't know if you know who Rob is, but he ended up producing Ronnie Millsap. Oh my. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, and uh, just a great guy and a great. Uh, performer himself. He actually had a band, a couple bands back there, and he was on RCA. Wow. at the time uh, but he he really liked me and so I from time to time I'd come down to Nashville and pitch my songs I met another guy named uh, Audie Ashworth who helped me out he, he really liked my songs <clears throat> uh, he was worked with J.J. Kale and J. Kale and, uh, J. J. Kale. and yeah. the piano player uh, uh, you know that they, they was like the Tulsa Mafia they call them uh, <laughs> yeah. you know
0: J.J. Uh, J. wrote Cocaine We're like, oh cocaine. God I
1: love J.J. J. and yeah. then the piano player, uh, uh, I can't think of his name. Up on the tide Road. Oh yeah, remember that um, song. <laughs> can't remember.
0: Asked me too soon. Yeah. Well, anyway, <laughs> not um, not Leon Russell. Leon song. Russell. Is
1: it Leon Russell? Yeah. Leon and JJ. They were yeah. they were old oh, man. They were real tight yeah. friends. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> so I kept coming down. I kept coming down, but. <clears throat> nothing ever worked out for me uh and and Rob told me he said look man he says you've got really want to make it you got to move here yeah so and then I didn't I asked my my wife at the time she didn't want to move she had a good job and so that didn't work out hmm. so I at 82 I moved to Nashville and I was uh I was broke I was so broke and uh I set I slept in my van for well, I don't know two months on 16th avenue on <laughs> Right, yeah. music row, yeah, on music row, oh, man. Be, you know, because I I didn't really, uh, you know, being divorced and a lot of things, you know, it, that you do when, when you when you have no other place to go but up. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you, and so I, I'm, um, a buddy of mine who I'd written a jingle for back in, uh, um, yeah, Chicago, where he's from Southern Illinois, he he, had, he owned a car car dealership, and uh, Country Joe is Country his Joe. name Country Joe Hollingsworth <laughs> and that guy he said what are you doing and I don't even know how they didn't have cell phones back there in those days right. but I maybe I talked to him or he got a hold of me somehow and he said what are you doing down here and he says you, are you got an apartment and everything I said no he said well I'm sending you some money Joe sent me money and I said no Joe don't do that but you know I was I was getting jobs you know playing at the Ramada Inn different places you know but he sent me money, and he got i. I was able to get an apartment, and you know, just like, live like a human being. You
0: know, <laughs> instead of a
1: refugee. <laughs> yeah. Well, you hear that
0: story, you know, about people will come down live in their car, live in their van, but you lived it.
1: Yeah, it, my yeah. my van was not in good shape either. The uh, people used to tell me, it says, man, <clears throat> those mirrors, you barely got them on that car, and I had duct taped the mirrors <laughs> to the back to the the, the rear-view mirrors to the car because they had rusted through.
0: <laughs> the greatest invention to mankind. Right. Duct tape, yeah. Yeah. To fix anything with it. Yeah. yeah.
1: But um, I was, you know, I worked with other a few other people. I, I met my buddy, Wynn Varble, back with with... Uh, he's my oldest friend
0: And now. I was going to ask you about Wynn. He was on the show not too very
1: long ago. Oh, man, I'll tell you, we, we didn't have two pennies to rub together. Yeah. And, um, uh, but, but uh, I was... I got frustrated and I was working with somebody that I didn't really feel like it was getting me to where I needed to be. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I went and saw this guy, Tony Brown mm. and he ran RCA. He was, yeah. Uh, yeah and Deep he, guy. Had, <laughs> he liked my, um, uh, song that I had, I'd cut a record in Chicago with my band up there. And, um, he had heard that song, uh, a year or so before that. And, and, uh, that's actually when Alabama was signed, and yeah. they they ended up signing, RCA ended up signing Alabama, but our band was up for a deal at the same time. Wow. And I didn't know that, you, <laughs> you know, but <clears throat> Tony, I walked into his office, and I had a big old cowboy hat on and a big belt buckle and leather jacket, and I walked in there, and he says, well, come on in here. And I, Play me some songs. And I play him two songs. He says, that's a hit song. I know that song. I heard that before, and I played him another. He said... That's a hit song right there. He says, "I'm wow. taking you in the studio." Wow. I said, "What?" He said, "Yeah, <laughs> I'm taking you in the studio next week." He says, "Next week, next week." He says, "People wait too long. They find something and they wait too long to do it. You got to, you got to strike while the iron is hot." Mm. He did. That's he took boring. me into the house of David uh, with Dave, David Briggs' the studio there on Sixteenth, and he cut the tracks <laughs> on me. Wow. And tried to get me a deal at RCA. Even took wow. me to Emmylou Lou Harris's birthday party and played oh my. played one of my tracks. For her? Yeah. At, at the, the party. party. And I'm like, I think I've died and gone to heaven. <laughs> bet. Huh? I, I swear to you, it changed my changed my life. I'll bet. Yeah. I um, the guy that ran the label at that time said I he thought I sounded like Steve Warner. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tony said, "You don't sound like Steve Warner's out of his mind." <laughs> and so he said, "Just I need a song though. I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you these tracks that I cut on you. Don't don't worry about it. You can do whatever you want to with them." He said, "Just write me a song for Steve Warner because I'm going to say,
0: ironically enough, you had a couple of Steve Warner hits, didn't you?" Uh, well, yeah. that's
1: Tony Brown is the reason I have those hits. Mm. Is because he cut those songs uh, on Steve. My first song. I I I I said, you know, hey, okay, uh, whatever it takes to get to where I need to be, I, I, I'm, you know, what I I'm, I'm writing songs. I'm a songwriter. Yeah, I'm a singer, but I'm a songwriter. Right. So I, I went out and wrote this song with a friend that Tony introduced me to, a guy named Lewis Anderson, and he and I, he and I wrote this song that I had an idea for called Midnight Fire. I remember that song. And well, song. I tell you, Dave, um, that's in within three months' time. My life had changed uh, so much <clears throat> that that song was uh, picked as uh, the first single, the title of the album. Wow. And um, uh, I was off to the races, and yeah. it and it went to number five on the charts. Wow. Yeah. Top five? Or uh, top five, yeah. Uh,
0: and was that your first cut song uh, then?
1: Yeah, that was uh, my first. Well, no, Reba uh, McIntyre cut that song that I, that Tony had cut on me. Ah, uh-huh uh it didn't make her album but anyway that's another story she yeah. it, it, it's there's heartbreak stories like that too yeah um but she always loved the song she always told me i love that song i said why don't you cut it again <laughs> <laughs> yeah. anyway yeah. Uh, tony started my whole career then that's awesome steve uh I, and that other song that that tony cut on me became a track on Steve's album, so I had two songs on that first album, and both of them them were singles.
0: Now, I remember those days and talking to Steve, I was working outside of Cleveland at the time in radio, Steve came up and did his show, and at the time, RCA had this policy where you had to have like five hits before they would release an album on you. Hmm. So, a lot of those were yours, (laughs) your songs before he uh, got that first album. Well,
1: you know, uh, Tom Collins was producing uh, Steve, Mm -hmm. but and he had a bunch of hits, you mm-hmm. know, before that, but uh, Joe Galani, who ran the label.
0: Joe Galani, yep.
1: He, uh, he wanted Tony to produce him because they had hired Tony, the to A&R, and he wanted to give uh, Steve a little bit more grit, you know, instead of, you know, just... I mean, it's a great, great, uh, you know, songs that Steve cut and had some great, great hits, but oh, yeah. they wanted him to get him a little bit more up-tempo stuff. Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. so, anyway that's what tony wanted and i just happened to have the song that's a great song song and yeah. to 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 uh, get it all happening and um, that happened all within a first year and a half i was in nashville that is crazy
0: i know so that was before it was a 10 year 10 <laughs>
1: <laughs> they still call it that you know but yeah. i and i've been called like walter carter used to tell me he says gibson you are the luckiest man in show business <laughs> i said yeah you're
0: probably right i think with inflation it gets longer every time i remember it was a seven-year town and you know then 10 year, and now you know you look at walker hayes it's a 20-year town you know oh yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah it's so, so true man I want to talk about Gibson Miller Band. Yeah. and um, But I'd love to hear another song. Okay. I, yeah. Uh,
1: what if I did this? Uh, mm-hmm. I got a little medley of songs. Uh, sure. That first hit. Oh,
0: uh, my, that would be awesome. I would love to hear a medley of some of the big songs. Yeah, yeah.
1: Midnight Fire. And then I got another one that Steve did, uh, Heart Trouble. Oh, yeah. Great uh, song. And I wrote my buddy Kent, Kent, uh, uh, what am I trying to say? Uh, uh
0: just, He's not here. You solo wrote it.
1: Well, <laughs> uh, well, you know, you know I'll, I'll tell you all in a minute. But <laughs> okay. lo- losing it. sometimes it just goes away. It does. Anyway, this is the song that uh, started it all, and uh, thank you, Tony Brown. Uh, I love you, man. And and then the uh, the third one is my first number one. So all right, Miss Tanya Tucker. Oh yeah. <laughs> Midnight fire long sweet desire burning whole In the heart of the night Once the flame flame's burning bright There's no running from the light of a midnight fire temptation got a hold of us now We're fighting but we're losing ground somehow We're in someone else's ring And our hearts are filled with doubt But the fire's getting hot And we just can't put it out Midnight fire Love, sweet desire burning low. In the heart of the night Once the flames are burning bright they'll do running from the light Of a midnight fire Yeah, midnight fire And then he did this one You're giving me heart trouble yeah. Never had a lover ever Play with my heart this way You're a regular heartache You're giving me heart trouble Tell me that you want me, then you turn around turn me away Yeah, you're hot and you're cool, you say yes and then no I can't give no relief Your heart trouble to me Yeah, you're giving me heart trouble Hey, baby You're giving me heart And then Miss Tanya Tucker did this one Well I know a man A good friend of mine He spends all his time Trying to make love work out right But the woman he loves She don't feel the same I don't know much about love but at least I've learned one thing If it don't come easy You better let it go this when it don't come easy There's no natural blow Make it hard on your heart You might be better off alone If it don't come easy you got to let it go.
0: Oh, yeah. Fantastic. Dave Gibson, our guest on the Songwriter Connection podcast, that first one, too, especially. You know, for your songwriters out there, just a a little We try to give you tidbits, things that'll help you. Uh, One of the things I want you to look about is um, I'm, I'm learning and loving a lot the flat seven. If you don't know what I'm talking about google it look at it you threw that flat seven in there it's surprised it's surprised it's always a surprise uh, yeah to hear. and it yeah. sounds great you know at first you go whoa does that belong in the key and, and, you, and then you realize you know yeah it's a cool place to go and uh so check that out if you don't know that trick yeah uh do it so some great songs everybody thanks for that little journey
1: oh well, thank that's, you it's great uh, i mean that started those three songs started everything for me and my career and uh, I want to thank Tony Brown Tony Brown I want to thank Tanya Tucker for doing that song and uh, for uh, <clears throat> oh, what's his name oh I, I wrote "Car uh, Trouble with Kent Robbins I couldn't quite remember his Kent name Robbins, his okay. last name then yeah <clears throat> awesome
0: <clears throat> and, okay Yep. So it was shortly after. Well, um, let's talk about the guy from uh, from the Bob Seger uh, Silver Bullet Band. Uh, You and he uh, hooked up together and uh, made country music history. So tell us how that all came together. The Gibson Miller Band is what
1: we're talking about. Well, you know something, um, Dave. I I got to a point um, there in my career. I tried everything. I had two or three different bands I'd put together. try to uh, the people had produced me uh, things on me and mm-hmm. it got to a point in my career where I said probably in about 88 87 something like that I decided <clears throat> that I was just going to give up being an artist I said you know I'm mm-hmm. making a good living I uh, I'm just gonna give it up so I went out and saw this guy uh named Doug Johnson mm-hmm. and um he was producing uh um better off in a pine box yeah oh know, yeah and doug stone right doug stone yeah <clears throat> and um i went out to playing some songs um and he listened to a couple of my things and he says man i really like i like these songs i like what you're doing here he said let me take this cd and listen to it all the songs on it and uh because he's living in atlanta then and then just you know coming back and forth to nashville Seven o'clock that night, he calls me up and he says, I love this song. This is a great song. And it was actually a song I had written by myself called Just Enough to Get to Memphis. Mm. And um, he says, man, I got an idea. You should meet this guy. He's, he's a friend of mine. He used to be in, play with Bob Seger uh, back in the day you know, and on all those albums before the Silver Bullet Band. Ah so he was never in it but anyway that's another story wow um he said his name is bill mueller i said bill okay but he said it goes by blue miller blue miller yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> i never knew that well yeah
1: and the reason he did is because he had a bass player drummer and he blue always said yeah this guy's nuts he, you know, he's just and he and he told bill he said you know, Bill, he said, you ain't never going to get anywhere with a name like Bill Mueller. Bill and he Mueller. said, you need to take the U.E. and Mueller and the I and Bill and switch them around.
0: <laughs> I never knew that. I always wanted to know that story. I never story. had the nerve to ask him.
1: Oh, yeah. That's the story. I swear
0: to God. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> that is something.
1: <clears throat> so anyway, I go to see Doug. And he said, you need to meet this guy, Blue Miller. And we do. And we hit it off big time. Played some songs for one another. We're all down at the Champagne Studios there, uh, on on Music Row. Uh, Lawrence Welk's place, So, wow. you know the that was his <clears throat> his place in town. And and um, we uh, Freddie Weller was there too. Freddie Weller. Yeah. So Freddie Weller and. Um, uh, and here's blew a, blew a twenty. Yeah,
0: bring the change in dams. Oh, God, he God. was a member of uh, Paul Revere yeah. and the Raiders, I believe. Was not
1: it? Yeah, he was. Yeah, he yeah. yeah. sure was. Yeah. You know? And uh lonely women make good, good lovers. lovers. Oh, yeah. And you know, Steve Warner ended up cutting that again on the uh, right. Midnight He's, Fire album. Yeah. You know, but Bob Lumen had originally done it. You know, back in the day. Wow. But <laughs> Freddie, I mean, Freddie was just a. I loved working with him, and he and I built the blue wrote. Our first single, which was "Big Heart."
0: Oh, you know, okay, yeah. Wow. <laughs> Lou was a great guy. We lost him a few years ago, unfortunately. And yes, uh,
1: three. It's hard to believe it's yeah. been three years. I mean, uh, my buddies. Uh, we wrote all the songs that we put out, you mm-hmm. know, uh, that that we did, except for "Mama's Don't Let Your Babies Grow to Be Cowboys," and and that was for the Sony Pictures movie, uh, "The Cowboy Way."
0: Cowboy Way. That's right, you guys did a version of that. Oh,
1: yeah, 4-4 version of it. Yeah, Yeah, and there's a funny story about that. We were opening up for Waylon in uh, Hershey, Pennsylvania, at Hershey Hall. Mm -hmm. And uh, we get to go on Waylon's bus and meet him and everything and hang out with him. And he and Jesse were just awesome. And we go in there and say, hey, uh, "Hey, Waylon, you know, we're not going to do Mama's. uh, And he's, what do you mean, Halls? I hate that song i never do it he says but I love your version <laughs> oh man he wow did. he did he says you better do it what so, a story so we're out there doing that song uh-huh. and all of a sudden the place erupts I mean it, it, people are going crazy and we, we think hey we're really knocking it out of the park here you know yeah. <laughs> on that song on that song mama's We'll look up, and it's Waylon singing with us, with our bass player. And he's about two feet tall, taller than, than yeah. Doug K. Doug oh, <laughs> like,
0: what a visual here. Wow. It was awesome.
1: It was just awesome. He came out and sang with us. It's that like,
0: is <laughs> such a cool story. What a memory, huh? <laughs> oh, man. Wow. Yeah, what an honor. And yeah. he ended
1: up doing the song in his show just exactly the way we did it with Good Hearted Woman because it was the same feel, the 4-4 four yeah. four feel, you know? Yeah. 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 Anyway, they had, that, they had that feeling. It just fit him perfectly, you know. Well,
0: that's great. Fantastic. Pretty cool, so, yeah. So, the Gibson Miller Band. And all yeah. of a sudden, it blew up some yeah. huge hits. Um, you know, Texas Tattoo uh, really sticks in my mind.
1: All right. yeah. Um, oh, man, that's one of my favorite songs, Blue and I ever wrote. Mm-hmm. I saw this guy and, and it was one time with a Texas, uh tattoo of Texas on his arm, uh-huh. and uh, and I told Blue, I said, "Man, we we got to write a song called Texas Tattoo, but we don't want it to write about a guy. We want it to write <laughs> about a girl." Yeah, and he and I wrote that song. I mean, it was it's one of our so biggest cool. songs we ever had. And so much fun to play, and then we got in a lot of trouble though. We had these little transfers that the all girls' wanted They're little Texas tattoos, and they wanted to put, a, they, <laughs> they wanted them put on there by the band and stuff. Anyway, that's a, that's in another story. Places. Yeah, yeah, for another time. <laughs> for the can you play a little bit of that one? I can. Yeah, yeah. yeah? I mean, I you want me to play the whole thing, or I yeah, can let's play what, a Wait, wait, whatever you feel. Just,
0: I want to talk about what you're doing now. You got some really cool things happening.
1: Well, I tell you what, I'll just play a verse of the chorus. There I you know. go. Matter than Austin. Mm-hmm. She was totally awesome. <laughs> she had a western draw. She was pure Texas, y'all. Said her name is Eileen. She here from Abilene. She's been on the drink and few. And so of her. Texas tattoo, and you wanna hold on to Dallas. Spend the night in San Antonio, a Amarillo by morning. Yeah. All the cowboys want a view of Texas tattoo. What a big day.
0: loved the rhyme that started that song met her in austin and she was totally awesome
1: <laughs> a great rhyme oh uh, thanks man blue and i had a special writing partnership i need to tell you we wrote some great stuff that uh i'm i'm so proud of where uh, both of our albums mm-hmm. and uh just uh we had I, I miss him i miss him a lot I miss I him. You, I, you know i miss the band i yeah i left the band uh but uh i uh I just had a fantastic time, and winning that Academy of Country Music Award was the top of the, the, to the mountain, yeah. you know, for for me as an artist. Yeah. I'll bet. So, I can only imagine. Yeah. Amazing thrill.
0: Yeah. Pretty dang cool. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I remember I was working at B105 in Cincinnati <clears throat> at the time that song came out. I went into the music director's office, and there's a big poster of you guys in there. And I went, oh, God, I love these guys. And I'm looking at y'all. And the one guy looks so familiar. This is, you talk about small world kind of thing. The one guy looks familiar. And I said, do you know the names of all these guys? And, he, and they, I said, who's this guy right here? And they said, what? Well, his name is Mike Daly. And I went, you know, I, I was thinking that was him. Um because I he grew up in the Cleveland area where I was from, and he I think he went to the same high school. I know his brother did, um, and so I knew of Mike, and he was in this band in Cleveland that we used to follow all around because they were just awesome, called the Buckeye Biscuit Band. So it's like oh. small world. So I went to see your next show in Cincinnati, and uh, you know, and it was kind of reunion time again. <laughs> yeah, and, and Mike's still playing that steel uh, guitar. And, oh, he's awesome. Yeah, uh, dobro he's, and everything.
1: Yeah, he's amazing. He's playing with Hank Jr now I've been hey, playing Jr. with Hank for many many years yeah so and Travis Tri was playing with Travis and Hank but I think wow. it's just with Hank now yeah
0: what a band you guys had it was amazing yeah, yeah it, amazing it, times. it
1: was yeah. I, I mean I oh I, uh, uh, I just I love playing I love playing music I love performing and to have a band like that it was just like the best mm-hmm. Just amazing player blue Miller was one of the greatest guitar players I ever played with. Yeah. And um, singers and yeah. writers, you know, he used to sing all that high harmony with Seeger, yeah, you know, and that was high. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> he just had that kind of a voice, you know, that could just, just blend so well.
0: I'm gonna pull out some of my Seeger records,
1: yeah, yeah, Bob Seeger 7, oh, Smoking OPs, he mm-hmm. played on all those early albums. Wow, yeah, one's
0: cutting uh, muscle shoals,
1: uh, no, I, you know. I don't know where they were cut. Hmm. Uh, I know that that the Night Moves album was cut in Muscle Shoals. Barry Beckett that. was the producer on that. You
0: okay. Know? Was Blue with them then? Or? No. No.
1: Okay. No, because that was the Silver Bullet. That was Bullet Silver Band. Bullet days. Okay. Right. So yeah. before that. So yeah.
0: anyway, um, I digress. <laughs> I go off on these tangents. You know, you're at the. Oh, that no. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I could, listen, I tell me, I, I could go off on tangents and it would take forever to talk. So I'm I'm trying to hold myself back here. A
0: five-hour podcast.
1: You know, because every time I uh, talk about something, there's something else that comes into my mind. You say, well, that's kind of funny that happened, but I can, yeah. yeah. you know.
0: Yeah, I know. And I love these stories. I can listen to them. But I want to talk about what you're doing right now. It, it, <laughs> you've got this TV show and uh, it's such a cool concept i was i was it's kind of a uh, a comedy and I heard you say a i uh, describe it as a uh, a puppet reality show yeah <laughs> and yeah really that describes it well that's pretty
1: crazy uh we worked uh my, my partner Cheryl de Vega and I wrote all this uh, everything uh and we we had as uh, and we well anyway we're we finally got it on Roku TV. That's cool. uh, on six thirty on on Friday nights. Actually, Spider TV. Spider, and, and uh, it's a funny little puppet show that um, um, my uh, uh, it, it all started from a song that I will have to play. I'll have to play you that one. I hope you will. It's called The Frog Song. The Frog Song. Yeah. Uh And um, anyway, Frank the Frog. Frank T.L. Frog. T.L.
0: Yeah. Which stands for? The Lucky. The Lucky. Yeah. The Lucky Frog. Frog. And it's two G's, right? Two G's. Frog of good
1: (laughs) Exactly. And anyway... um, we that turned into a bunch of other puppets. We had my sister and I made all the puppets. Yeah, uh, she's an incredible seamstress, and um, wow. and we defi- we designed these puppets, and and we just had a ball for four and a half years, and and um, had an a office out in asland City, and and then we had twenty twenty came along, we had to yeah. shut it down because you know she couldn't come down, and she lives in New Jersey, and so she couldn't come down anymore. And, and 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 be uh, and you know she had an apartment in in Nashville, but she had to quit because nobody could go anywhere. So mm-hmm. that's kind of like. So anyway, we started writing books, though. Uh, before she left we started writing children's books out of nowhere you know we just like we well we want to be in the kids market you know the puppet show is kind of uh, riding a line between adult and adult humor, humor and kids mm-hmm. so we so just so both enjoy uh, you know mm-hmm. you know I mean there's plenty of stuff out there now that, that is, you, you can't believe that kids are watching but anyway <clears throat> mm-hmm. we wanted to do something and we, we started writing this book uh, and we didn't know where it was going but it was it was going to be a fight. It's going to be a little war between uh, Bully Vanilli. Bully Vanilli? <laughs> yeah, and uh, Mustachio Pistachio. <laughs> I love it. And what happens is the the whole scenario is that Bully Vanilli <clears throat> and, uh, and Frank Frog actually is the ice cream taster in the, the, the ice cream store called The Frozen Frog. Yeah. And so that's on the cover of the book, the picture of Frank the Frog inside, you know and uh, <clears throat> but yeah. it's bully vanilla he controls all of the other ice creams because he's the most popular ah. he's the one that's ordered most by by children and, and everybody you know and pistachio yeah. is he's been around so long that he's got a freezer burn mustache <laughs> you know and because nobody nobody, nobody, by, nobody orders pistachio so he, he uh, so he's got a, he's got an in for Mustachio. He doesn't like him, you know. Okay. He's like so, and all the other te- the the toppings and and flavors they're all afraid of bully Vanilla because he just walks around with a crown on, you know. Mm-hmm. And so one night uh, in the middle of the night, he decides he's going to kick Mustachio's bucket out of the freezer. <laughs> so he does, and. And what happens is that Mustachio is laying down there on the floor and he's melting, oh, you know, okay. and it's like in the milkshake says, you know, we can't stand for this. <laughs> you know, we we can't have this that this bully Vanelli. He's he's he, you know, who does he think he is, you yeah. know, so they band together <laughs> and, and they end up. The whole book is so funny because it turns out it's an anti-bullying book.
0: Oh, well, that's good and needed today. We didn't even think about it. Yeah.
1: And uh, we've got a lot of people that have given us awards because of that.
0: That's great. You know. So this whole thing, it's the the Waterhole Bunch Mm -hmm. is how people can find it. Waterhole Bunch.
1: The Waterhole It's on YouTube. You can see some episodes on YouTube.
0: But, and, um, which I watched, and they're, they're very entertaining. Yeah, very yeah, good. And,
1: and then the Roku TV thing is at 6.30 on Friday nights uh, <clears throat> on Spider TV. Um, but I, 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 I would like to. And the other new book is called Rocket Red Ant. It was Rocket Red, and it's a little ant with a big dream. Oh, wow. And it's really a cute story about an ant that wants to become a rock star wow and his mother Queenie doesn't want him to be he, he, she wants him to be just like the other workers ah you know and, and help bring did up. did he have a dad
0: that says you're not gonna buy that boy a guitar it's, it's the same it's the
1: same thing the you know it's like, like you you know you need to be out there yeah. helping all the other workers do this or you know whatever. Right. Right. <laughs> and it's a funny little book they're both on Sounds Amazon like uh, wow check War, it out War, War at the Ice Cream Store and Rocket Red The Little Ant with a Big Dream what wonderful yeah
0: that's good stuff. Yeah. I well, got to
1: tell you about what I'm doing now, though. Yeah, tell us. If, if, if you got if you got a minute, I do. I am. I've become the the new music director for an awesome marketing and branding company called MediaMark Spotlight. Wow. Oh. And I, uh, I I don't know how I just kind of fell into this thing, and I'm writing songs for for clients, short songs, and I'm writing. Um, uh, all kinds of other things uh, they're doing for me is branding me and bringing me up out of out of nowhere since my social media has been kind of like lax in the last 10 years or whatever. They're putting everything together for me and it's the coolest company in the world. And uh, I met this gal, Gina Ferraro, and uh, she owns the company and they're out of Venice, Florida and Philadelphia, Dallas and, and Nashville. Mm-hmm. And uh I'm having a ball. Just yeah. having a ball doing that, traveling a lot and
0: writing songs.
1: Uh, yeah. And uh they've come to, they actually came to Helen, Georgia to film me for a uh wow. uh fly fishing thing that I was doing. <laughs> Brought a drone on <laughs> drone the drone Chattop- fly fishing.
0: I just gotta see video of
1: this. Yeah. <clears throat> the Chattahoochee River. On uh, the right Chattahoochee there. yet. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, and filmed our show there and they're coming and <clears throat> in, in doing an interview thing with me this week here in Nashville. And um, they're, they're, they they want to get me help me get me into the Songwriters Hall of Fame.
0: I think you should be
1: there. Well, you and know, I I, you I wouldn't
0: mind that at all. <laughs> you, you wouldn't, would you? You should be. Yeah. <laughs> I think for just one, the strength of one song, which we didn't get to talk about. Yeah, the ships that don't come in. Oh wow, Joe yeah. Diffie's big song. Yeah, and uh, um, which I got to hear.
1: <laughs> oh absolutely. But I
0: want to hear the frog song too, so oh. maybe we could take it out with two songs. Okay. Today. Okay. Uh, let's hear the frog song first. So we can okay. talk about the frog. Yeah.
1: Well, the story behind this one is that I had a publishing company a few years ago that and they were telling me that I was not writing the songs that could get on the radio anymore.
0: What? Uh,
1: yeah. So now you're you're writing that old stuff, you know. Uh. I said, well, you know something, I don't care. I'm going out on the back deck here, and I had my cigar and my coffee. Mm-hmm. Went out there to write something. I didn't give a damn if anybody recorded it. I was write something for me. Mm-hmm. Well, the only problem was that I didn't have an idea to <laughs> save my ass. So. <laughs> so, that being said, I always tell the story about this frog that jumped up on the deck. I actually thought I did see a frog, but <laughs> I wasn't smoking nothing, either. You know, <laughs> Just I was sober. Right? <laughs> sober. Anyway. Right. And I always introduced that Frank the Frog, T.L. Frank, T.L. Frog, the Lucky Frog, with two G's, Frogaga, helped me write this song. <laughs> and uh, he comes up, I look down, and he says, What are you doing there? <laughs> and I said, Uh, uh well I'm trying to write a song I thought you were and I said well it's a damn talking frog (laughs) yeah I can talk I can sing I can write songs so I got an idea you want to write Well, damn frog if it's good sure let's do it so he gave me the idea and we sat there and wrote this song about an hour and a half something like that I take it back into the publishing company and and I play him what I had, and they're like, "Oh my God, he's lost his mind. <laughs> he has lost it. He's out there riding a damn sock about a frog now,
0: <laughs> and <laughs> well, a talking
1: one at that." <laughs> yeah. And so, anyway, I finish it and I take it back in there, and and they're like ready to laugh, and they did laugh, but it was a kind of a good laugh because, it's, hey, that's pretty good. <laughs> anyway, they want to pitch it to. Uh, Kenny Rogers, and I think they did. And anyway, he didn't cut it, but this is for Frank T.L. Frog and me. Thanks a lot. All right, here we go for you. <laughs> Met an old frog sitting on the riverbank, croaking out a song that sounded cool. He caught a fly, and then he caught my I said his name was Frank. He said, man, you sure look blue. (laughs) Said I just came here to think a while. Forget about a girl I once knew. Then he jumped up on the stump, and I saw him smile. He said, you ain't the only one to ever lose. (laughs) I used to be a prince. I used to. Be the king of my own little pant on a quiet mountain stream till a young maid came and kissed me in a twisted tail gone wrong. Yeah, I used to be a prince. Now nah, I'm just a frog. <laughs> yeah, you know the kind, clean, slimy, and cool. <laughs> All right, Frank. He said I met her in a bar called the Waterhole. Waterhole, I guess. Sally Mander was her name. Sally Mander? She was dancing with some horny toad. Man, she took my breath away. She swam home with me that night. And you know, we were married in the spring. But a leap year later, she hopped a flight. Tattooed in New Orleans. Oh, yeah. yeah, I used to be a prince. I used to be the king of my own little pants. on a quiet mountain stream. Till a young man came and kissed me in a twisted you gone wrong. Yeah, I used to be a prince. Now I'm just a frog sitting on a log singing a song for me and you. We both loved and we both lost, but through it all one thing is true, there's more fish in the sea, and more frogs in the stream, (laughs) and I said... So much for princes and so much for kings We're just two friends Sitting on a riverbank talking about history I don't know about you, but as far as me I'm kind of glad she's gone If I had to be her prince If I had to be her prince What do y'all think? I'd rather be a frog! (laughs) How about you, (laughs) Dawn? Just two frogs sitting on a log, singing the song. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I get it now. What a great song. I saw you uh, before I knew about Frank the Frog uh, at the Commodore one night with the frog. And I was like, what's going on? He lose his mind or what? But now I get it. It's great. What a great story. And a great story song. The water a whole bunch. you got to check it out on Roku TV. <laughs> Dave, that's awesome. That's really great. I uh, oh, uh, really love it. How much fun is that, huh? Oh, uh, yeah. We had a ball doing all that. Is it sure thing. Frank going to run for president? Yeah. I had yeah. A little
1: t t-shirt with his face on it, you know. Yeah. 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 Frank's but, a frog for president. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and what party was it? The the, the Green Party? Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Green Party. The Green Party. He'll get our vote, man. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> When I worked at Cincinnati Radio I had a producer. I used to do this uh, show on Saturday night called Jukebox Saturday Night. It was one of my favorite times <clears throat> in radio because um you know people called a lot and and my job was to put them on the air and request songs and things. Yeah. It was just fun to do that, talk to people and they'd request songs and And I had a producer that would help me out because, you know, it was hundreds of calls a night and and splicing. Back in the day, we didn't have computers just to edit. It was, you'd splice the tape, right? Yeah. So um, Mm -hmm. I had a, they let me bring a producer in and uh, this guy was a Vietnam vet and every night he had me play. Every night I had to play Ships That Don't Come In and every single night. Oh, wow. He'd cry. And it was his all-time favorite songs. It became one of my all-time favorite songs. And when I found Dave Gibson was the one that wrote it. Big hit for Joe Diffie, folks, and uh, Dave. That had to be a special song. Huh?
1: Oh my God, yeah, I miss Joe so much. You know, I mean, I, he was one of the first casualties of COVID. COVID you yeah, know, back in twenty. So unfair. And God, he, you know, he was going to be on our show, the puppet show, because we was he? We had some artists come on and, and do it. Becky Hobbs came on and did oh, a whole love thing. Her. Yeah, and um, we had we were going to have Joe and. Uh, we had Johnny Garcia, who plays guitar with uh Garth, Garth and, and, and Tricia, Yeah, yeah, uh, you know, I did a whole thing with him. And um, actually, wow. Joe was going to be the next guy we got at, at on our little puppet show. Mm. <clears throat> and uh, he always had a great sense of humor, he, he couldn't wait to be on the show. Mm. And um, then he passed, and I was like, you know, that, that yeah. song, it, it's just like. An act of God that that song got cut and, and found. I mean, <clears throat> Paul Nelson and I wrote that um, just out of. We were writing another song, and I. It was the first time I think we ever got together to write, maybe a second. But <clears throat> I said, Paul, this song ain't going nowhere, right? And I said, I know you got an idea in your book there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I drug it out of him. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and I when I I heard the title I said oh my god you know and I started playing these chords and it just like I don't know it took two and a half hours wow. or so to write that song it just really came out and mm. but after we finished it was like we're probably not going to get this song cut because there, nobody's ever said bitch in a the song mm. uh, they get at, you about a dime yeah uh, you know mm-hmm. and uh, so we didn't no, it took two years or so to finally, Bob Montgomery found it on a CD uh, with some other songs, and he played it for Joe, and Joe heard it and said, oh my God, that's, that's that's a great song. But he said, I don't know, that's too heavy for me, you know, and he had all those kind of, you know, John Deere Green, John Deere and, you Green know, yeah. kind of uh, funnier funnier little songs or stuff like that, good songs, but nothing like that ships that don't come in and bob said well look just go in the studio there and sing it one time and if you don't want to do it we won't and he did and that was it it was like okay hell yeah Yeah. we're doing this we're doing this song and he sang. i mean nobody could have sang it any better than joe you know i I mean he was just uh an amazing uh vocalist uh unbelievable he could sing the phone book and and he's mm. just an just incredible guy, and, and I miss him. Yeah. I really do. Like but, we all do. Yeah. You know, great, great, great artist. I, I am proud that uh, they did a, a vinyl album. Uh, Lonnie Wilson did a vinyl album that Lonnie played on all of his hit songs and everything back in the day. And he and, he and Joe were really close, but they finished the, the green vinyl album I don't know if you heard that album, I haven't. but I—I I don't even have a copy of it. I get me—I got to get me a copy of it. But, but I am on that on that album, and I'm really proud to to actually be on a vinyl record with that song. I, I love vinyl today. It gotta too. find that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. <clears throat> yeah why don't you take us out that is really one of the I think one of the all time great uh, classic country songs ever
1: well thank you man uh, 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 it is it is mine
0: mm-hmm. it's
1: yours and I think uh, my buddy John Berry always talks about it that's <laughs> the reason he came to Nashville after he heard that song
0: that's right he did he talked you know, about that on the podcast and that's yeah. a
1: real honor for me yeah. you know and I've had two or three other writers singers, tell me that you know that that song meant so much to them. you know that
0: it was, it was after uh, John Burry was on the show and he told that story. And oh. I said, I'm going to contact Dave Gibson and get him on this show. So, oh. Thank you, Dave. I appreciate
1: it. Well, thank you, Dave. I really, really appreciate you having me on the show. And, and this, is, uh, this is for you, Joe. I could tell he had a tough life by the way he sat and stared. Me I'd come to push and show, so I pulled up a chair. We talked of roads and travel and we talked of loves untrue of strings that come unravel. We were kings and kindred fools. And just when I did bottom, that old man raised his glass, Said, at least we've had our chances as those that never have. So here's to all the soldiers who have ever died in vain. The insane locked up in themselves. The haul is down on me And those who stand on empty shores and spit against the wind And those who wait forever For ships that don't come in City's only life's illusions That bring us to this bar To pick up these old crutches And compare each other's scars The things we're calling heartaches Hell, they're hardly worth our time You know we bitch about a dollar There's those without a dime, and as he ordered one last round, he said, "I guess we can't complain. God made life a gamble, and we're still in the game. But here's to all the soldiers who have ever died in vain. The." Ain't locked up in themselves, the home is down on main. To those who stand on empty shore, then spit against the wind, and those who wait forever for ships that don't come in. The ones who wait. That don't come
0: in. I've always said there's something about seeing the songwriter sing the song and do the song. Uh, it's awesome. Dave Gibson has been our guest. You can catch him if you come to Nashville. Catch him every Monday night at the local mm-hmm. with Greg Crow, oh, and yeah. he's got that TV show, The Waterhole Munch on. Uh, Spider TV, if you got Roku, Um, and uh, you want to check that out. And and Dave, we're pulling for you for that Songwriter Hall of Fame. Well, thank
1: thank you so much. You know, uh, I'm I'm really uh, really excited. Uh, I've been on the ballot a few years, and um, maybe I'll make it this year. uh, Whenever Mm I I I love the MediaMark Spotlight folks that are helping me. And if you ever need any branding, they're the place to go Mm -hmm. marketing. So I want to thank them. Thank you,
0: Dave. Really appreciate it. My pleasure. We're looking to have um, Sylvia on the show uh, next week, who also has a children's record out that's doing real well, and we'll hear all the stories behind that, too. So join us again next time on Songwriter Connection. Thank you for listening to the Songwriter Connection podcast. Find us on social media at Songwriter Connection. Also listen to Dave Lanahan's Nashville Connections radio show. It streams live every Friday morning on WOBL and WNOI. Look for us on Facebook and YouTube. See you next time on Songwriter Connection.